You know, young rich niggas. You know, so we ain't really never had no old money. We got a whole lot of new money though. <laughs> Raindrops, drop top, drop top, smoking on cooking the hot box. Cookie, fucking on your bitch, yeah, that, that, that. Cooking up dope in the crock pot. If Young Metro doesn't trust you, go easy with you. Yeah. We'll be answering those questions and other questions on uh, episode 55 of Grill. How long steak, mister? Six out resting. <laughs> it's always rested with you. Yeah, because I'm sick and tired of yelling at me. Uh, I don't yell, so I just speak very indiscriminately loud. Uh, I am your host, uh, Bobby Stills, across from me. Johnny Tsunami. Uh, in studio, Coho Coho. Double Coho. Double Coho. <laughs> nah, it's co host, man. This is the podcast. This is not the kitchen, sir. You do not run this line right here. <laughs> no. This is. Uh, uh, introduce yourself. Um, Rick Pettigrew. Chef Rick Pettigrew. Okay, we can go there. <laughs> <laughs> what is the meaning of your last name? Where does that come from? What's the origin? Uh, Scottish and British. Word up. I like that last name, though. Will you stop squeaking? Thank you. Um, <laughs> so we are recording to you from Studio 212 in South Lake Union, Seattle, Washington. Uh, this is a production of Soundcasting Network. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, do we have a producer here tonight? I think <laughs> I think we even got his ass on mic. Is that somebody dying? Is that a, is that a, <laughs> it's a whale. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just looking for the WD-40 so Johnny's ass would stop squeaking. I, I can't help <laughs> Johnny's it. Johnny's ass does not Boy, stop squeaking. Over this here. chair is trife, dude. This is weird. I don't have any headphones on today. Put them in. This is very weird. I bet you it won't crack if you put them back in. Young Metro don't trust you. Fucking Keith is doing something over there. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, it is it is the new year. And uh, yeah, how was everybody's new year? Uh, it was chill. It was busy. We worked. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> Keith's on mic today. We gave, we gave Keith the mic. You'll know why we gave Keith the mic here in about two minutes. <laughs> after we get through our work updates because we got some info about the beloved Queen City Grill. Um, this is the new year. I'm going to try to put in some headphones real quick and uh, see if this shit works, but I'm down a pair of headphones. Oh, that was good. Check it. No? Yeah? Yeah, that's good. I hear myself kind of. Oh, that's good. All right. Yeah, my headphones work now. Okay. So, work updates real quick. Johnny Tsunami, what's going on? Work. Um, Not much. We're just working hard, getting busy. That's you know, we're fitting to move soon. Fitting to move. Rick, same thing. How's Johnny doing? Excuse me. I don't know, man. He shows up. I guess that's okay. No. <laughs> nah, Johnny's doing good. He shows up. You know, that's all that matters. You know what? That's what that's the number one. No, tip. He shows up mentally. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. It's that. not about showing up physically. It's about showing up mentally and being prepared to work and get your ass busted. Even if you're not get your ass busted. Well, it got busted on New Year's I think Eve. he likes to just talk to people at the window. He's like running for mayor or something. <laughs> oh. He's kissing babies. <laughs> but that's good, though. He'd be like, yo, order off my station, homie. No, not really. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, don't order off my station, so I'll talk you up. <laughs> All right. Uh, work update for me. Uh, we are getting busy. Uh, yeah? Taking so, my go? Oh, yeah. And it's interesting because <clears throat> I'm used to that. I'm used to big rushes in the middle of service. We get our asses handed to us, and I have to keep reiterating to my coworkers, who are also, you know, whatever, my line cooks, mm-hmm. that uh, work one ticket at a time. Don't think about the stuff that's coming in. Yeah, you don't, you're listening to the ticket machine, 
right? And you're thinking two steps ahead of what's coming up and not what you're working on. So you're making silly mistakes that is not necessary. Today, for instance, I'd ran over and somebody was, uh, one of uh, our cold line people was uh, saying that he was telling 30, 35, it's gonna be 30, 35 minutes on this order. And I turned around and I dropped everything, went over there and it's like, we, no. A, we're not, we're at 20 minute ticket times. We will not have tickets that are at 35 minutes. I won't let it happen. And he's like, well, and I was like, just worry about what you're doing. Here, I'll restock your line for you. Mm-hmm. Just stay focused, work the tickets out. You don't have to do this shit right now. This shit literally takes 30 seconds, one minute to do. You don't have to get this done. Just focus on this. And we did it. And it's, I mean, there's people that are just flipping out because you know we're putting up record numbers. Um, and they're just freaking out, but we're making them tips though. Yeah, well, so they're happy about that, but at the same time, they're, you know, I, I like it. You know, I'd rather we, I kept everybody there. I didn't cut anybody early today. I kept every single person there until five o'clock, which ne- never happens. Well, that's time. All right. Uh, any food you ate anywhere nice? Um, what you want to talk about that? I want to talk about, you know, I don't really know. I'm not really but you, Rick. Uh, I went to Tarzan and Jane. Oh. How was that? It was good. Tarzan R. Jane. I. Jane. I. Jane. I. Jane. Yeah, I'm just going to say Tarzan and Jane because I'm going to even confuse it. I sound like an asshole every time I say this name, so I'm just going to go straight up. Uh, yeah, it was good. Um, did the seven cores with the wine pairings. I'll say the wine threw me off a little bit. Some of them like a little more minerally. You did not like the pairings. Um, some of the pairings were a little off for me. Uh, um, I'm just not really familiar with Spanish wine or a lot of wine in general, but so this may have been a variety that I've never really been with. So like, uh, you know, like a little more mentally, but the food was good. Like he had some dishes that were really good and some that were all right. Um, but they hooked me up. You Who's know? the chef there? Uh, his name's like, uh, Perfecte uh, Ro- Rocher. Ro- Rocher. Rocher. I can't, I don't, I probably butchered your name. Sorry, dude. <laughs> no, but I met him. I talked to him and it was cool because there's the guy who, uh, the chef who uh, runs Chan was sitting right next to me because he used to have that building that Tarzan is in right now. Mm-hmm. So he was eating dinner there. Um, but I'll say it was good. He you know? owns that building, though, right? Yeah, he owns the building. Yeah. I've heard very good things about that place. So right, they have paella night or day on yeah, Sunday. And we were supposed to go there. I mean, we can still go. It's not like it doesn't exist. I know. Exist. We wanted to go to paella day. Yeah, Sundays have been busy. Whatever, dog. Uh, I have not eaten. I don't think I, I. I keep remember like two weeks ago. I brought in. I mean, like, I've eaten at places. I just don't I want to talk about them. Yeah, uh, I will shout out my uh, my lady friend's uh, sister ordered uh, like one hundred twenty dollars worth. I don't know how uh, we cut the order down. So like eighty dollars worth of Dentai Fung Postmates last oh, uh, last night. Or yeah, whoa, it was it was cracking. They said. tried to shut us down. They were like, we are too busy, and I was like, <laughs> just wait for your opening. Just re keep sending it. And uh, the dude that delivered was a bozo. <laughs> We're making fun of them. But anyway, shout out to her. Um, yeah. Love yeah. You. I'll give a shout out to me and Sandwich again. I went there again this Shut week. Shut the fuck up, man. We represent Honey Hole up in this bitch. Sorry. Not really. Fucking disrespectful. I will be disrespectful. It's no, it's good. Up. It's totally different areas. I talked to my owners about <clears throat> if he had been to Mean Sandwich yet, and I explained the concept to him, and he was like, good for them. It's, you know, we have direct competition next door to us. Which, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> quick, I'll do a quick story real quick. So they opened up. I, I love the other coast. It's a deli. Oh, other coast? Yeah, yeah. and they, their old first location was in Ballard. Yeah. I used to travel to Ballard in the middle of the day. I was like, I want an other coast sandwich. I live by Honey Hole. I used to eat there all the time. So you've been going to other coast and getting sandwiches, haven't you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Buster. But, fucking Buster. Ah, they like that. <laughs> but uh, the owner of other coast came in for like a week at Honey Hole before they opened up other coast and just sat at the bar 
and, and watched you guys and watched and took notes. And I wasn't there. I didn't work there yet. But the owner told me about that. And uh, he never introduced himself or anything like that. And then just opened up the other coast. And he was I'm cool with competition. You know, they say the, man, the best competition to open up, a you know, another place across the street. Mm hmm. Brings you know brings people and competition breeds you know excellence business but yeah fuck me and sandwich I haven't been there yet wow that was rude I know sorry about that <laughs> they're probably really good sandwiches they are really good sandwiches. but they're too far out for me man I don't yeah, want to go fine. over there it's good bougie bad and bougie they do taco style potato skins though <laughs> yeah Shit's yes lit. they do all and right. I got them they're lit all right we're gonna get into it real quick <laughs> I just uh, before we uh, dig into the meat and potatoes of the show I just wanted to say congratulations to the Queen City Grill. Uh, it has been saved Woo-hoo. and uh, it's been there for about a little over 30 years, I believe. And they were and they were going to lose the, after the new year, they were going to lose their license and or lose their lease and be kicked out of the building. It is in Belltown, I believe, first in the zone loss. It wasn't the zoning laws. It was Plymouth Housing Group owns the actual building. And I actually know some people that live in that building. So street folk, homeless, drug, crazy people. I mean, I know some of the people. Right, right? it's close friends. <laughs> Not close friends. <laughs> I've known them throughout the years. Shout out Garland. He's the homie, you know, whatever. But uh, apparently the Queen City Grill had got behind on some of their um, utility bills. And oh. they had got hit with fines and penalties and fees, and they did not have the money to pay. They kept up with their bills, but they didn't pay the fine. They just kept stacking up and stacking up. And so I think I want to say after five years, about five years, the landlord came to collect and said, we want our money. And they were like, you know, they're like, well, you're in violation of the lease, so they're going to kick them out. And they're like, we can't afford to pay. I, I'm done, I don't want to throw out numbers. I don't want to say exactly how much it was. But... They tried to work out some kind of deal, did not work. Uh, They threw a party, raised a little bit of money, but then some- um, Anonymous donor? No, some people stepped in and saved the Queen City Grill. And uh, it is, uh, I will say one of the owners, name is Trevor Greenwood. He is uh, part owner of the G&M Restaurant LLC. Uh, They are the owners of such wonderful places as Cantonetta. In Wallingford, Cantonetta, and what, what's the other name of the places? Uh, Mer- Mercato Stellina in Bellevue, the wonderful Chavez uh, Mexican restaurant up on Capitol Hill, and uh, the Cantonetta in Bellevue. So, All locations in Seattle, Washington. Yes, Seattle, Washington. I wish they owned some other places. Uh, but they stepped in, and I wanted to uh, have Keith. Keith is a, a line cook there at Cantonetta, and he did not even know about this. So I get the inside tip, baby. <laughs> And you want to hear what from me? I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel Hi, about Trevor? This? I'd like to get fired, so I'm just gonna keep talking. <laughs> uh, no, you didn't. Did you, you didn't know about this, right? No, no. So the first heard it out of my mouth. Yeah. I don't know how I'll be learning about shit like. Well, I know how I learned about this. Because you know people who know people. I do know. Shout out to my homegirls in Chiang Mai right now. They're the ones that hit me up with it. Chiang Mai. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what the hell that is. They're over in fucking Thailand, baby. That's what's up. International Grill Hall Long Steak Mission. Bang now, wow. That's not okay. (laughs) No. Not okay. Oh. I'm really sorry, guys out there. It was a joke, man. Come on. Don't listen to Robbie. What? He doesn't mean it. <laughs> He's just dumb as hell. No, dumb what as I, hell. What I'm going to do, do get, I'm going to text one of my Thai friends and get the translation of Grill Hall Long State Mister in Thai. And then next week, I'm going to come and pronounce it like. The <laughs> Don't even way. do it again. I will beat you with I'm my like, bottle. It's going to long gay foul. <laughs> 
It's my fucking. You just broke my headphones. Did I? No. Oh. Uh, sorry. You know, here at Girl on Sing Mister, we make fun of every race <laughs> equally. I mean, yeah. Robbie be sipping that syrup. Um. So. Yeah, but I just want to say thank you to the owners of uh, Cantonetta uh, for coming to the rescue. Uh, Queen City, if you've not been there, their food's always delicious. Uh, their bar menu is always uh, on point. Open. Well, the cocktails are cracking. I mean, everybody's. Do they do it. the classics? They do do the classics. But I went there. Greyhounds. I went there for their sea breezes. No, what did I have? I had. I was at their holiday party, and I had like a coffee and. Some Spanish drink. It was delicious. A dirty hot chocolate. Yeah, we're about to get dirty at the end of the show. Right. right, Uh, But I just want to say that uh, Mm. the guys uh, at Canton are doing really, really good because they are also opening up two new restaurants down at Pike Place Market. They were opening up uh, a new Chavez, a smaller Chavez um, down in Pike Place Market. And they will also be opening up. Was it Bar Cantonetta? Do you know about this? Um, The small location down there? Yeah. It would be another branded Little venue. The building is called Bar Cantonetta, but they're going to be starting construction on three on in three months. No, Bar Cantonetta three, B three. Yeah, B three. So we got that. Let's go ahead and get the. Uh. Okay. Anyway, Johnny's going to handle this episode. He's going to walk us through it. This is a sad episode. You know, I'll to talk about happy things. So Johnny, and you know that I like to let people down and like make them sad. You sound sad right now. I am sad. All right, kick some kick some knowledge for us, Johnny. Um. <clears throat> I shall. No. Uh, so it hurt my hand, man. I'm sorry. Then you shouldn't be talking shit. Don't be disrespecting. Racist. In the streets. In the streets. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of The Wire. You might get shot up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was talking to Rick the other day. Or not the other day. It was probably a couple weeks ago because we were supposed to do this show several weeks ago. Yeah, I was talking shit on the show. Yeah. Um, and he brought up uh, an article that he had read. And he's like, oh, you guys should talk about this on the show. And I was like, cool, you should come in and do it. And we were going to have the round table with Pam, but um, she bailed. I don't don't know. I'm just joking. Her phone's turned off. off, You know what I'm saying? Maybe she'll show up later and be like, oh, she's in the streets. (laughs) Doing work. No, so yeah. So uh, Fine Dining Lovers is a website that you can go find. And um, on April 13th, Ryan King, he wrote an article about um, the sustainability of the chef. So... um, Basically, what it talks about is uh, how chefs are really hard to come by um, and they don't want to work in this industry right now because of how demanding it is and whatnot. Um, So how it goes and starts off is like zero waste to farm to table, nose to tail, uh, closed loop. It's impressive to see how far chefs have come in their quest for sustainability. Um, A farm on site, a beehive on a rooftop, aquaponics, hydroponics, heirloom varieties, you know, species um, protection. The list is endless. Um, they go on to talk about <clears throat> how chefs work 60 to 80 hours a week. Not anymore. Uh, to That's why motherfuckers don't stay in the industry. Who the fuck wants to work? I mean, 60 to 80 hours. Sure Rick currently works. That's what, that's what they're saying. You, know, you have Renee Rezepke on here. He chimes in and he talks about, um, you know, that's the way it's always been. Back in the day in the 80s, you know, it was you work so much and then it kind of creates this... Uh, quicksand like you have to keep working because you're gonna you start to alienate the rest of your life um you start to have this really blurry line between personal and professional and it kind of goes further as the more you're into it the more you have you need it you know you don't have anything else Um, that is more that is your life yeah it becomes your life and And to succeed um especially with 
just the financial part of it all, you don't have any money to do anything else. Yeah. Really. <laughs> like, no, it's true. I've never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. I honestly believe that most of the reason, or a big chunk of the reason people can even stay in the industry is because you eat so far above your pay grade that yeah. the rest of that shit don't matter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That you is one perk of being in the industry, and we had talked about this before, is that you know you get fed well. Uh, basically, when you work in the restaurant, you eat all day. Eat like a king, like, <clears throat> like a peasant. You know what I'm <laughs> but you eat all day at work, and then you get a meal, and then you get free drinks, and then you go to other restaurants and you run into other people that you know in the industry to work with and they kick you down free stuff. Yep, yep. So you're going, you get to eat like a king in another restaurant, but you pay for a couple apps or whatever. Mm. So that's that's pretty good, you know. I mean, it's a, I mean, it is, but at the same time, like what if you have a family and you're trying to, you know. I was actually reading something earlier today. Um, Danny Meyer, he owns the Gramercy Tavern. Yeah. He owns uh, Shake and Steak, uh, The Modern in New York. Um, pretty big restaurant tour in New York. He was, uh, he just implemented that he's giving out uh, maternity leave to all his employees. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, four weeks. What? And then after, after the first four weeks, um, if you've been there a year, um, after the first four weeks, you'll get 60% of your salary if you take another four weeks. Shut up. That's dope. Well, Danny Meyer, he's in another one of these uh, articles that we're, we're going to discuss on this episode, but he was pretty much one of the first restaurant tours to abolish tipping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he implemented the service charge, the service charge that yeah. he could d- disperse amongst his crew. However, well, way that, he I felt mean, it. who was the uh, was <laughs> your boy at French Laundry? Did you hear the episode we talked about of the woman that moved across the country to San yeah. Francisco? To, and, uh, and she got pregnant. Oh, and she, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. And then she oh, they, that was fucked, fucked up because it's like maternity leave in this country is just shot to fucking shit. I actually just saw a thing online talking about how men in Sweden, they get paid 80% of their salary and they get 90 days maternity leave. Doesn't matter what you do. But if yeah. you yeah, if you <clears throat> work there for a year, that's what you get. And then you have to, you know, save up hours that worked to take maternity leave, like to be with your own kid. That's kind of fucked up. But you know, that's pretty that's cool. So shout out Danny Meyer. Yeah, he's doing big things. Yeah. I mean, and all his all his restaurants are really, really good. And he's and he's speaking. I mean, he stands up for he's not thinking like a businessman. He's thinking of something he's that the, comes from the industry. Yeah, and he's person. sticking up for people that, that, that work in the a little industry. Man. Yeah. And those are good things, you know, because uh we need a lot more of that. And I think that's what is going on right now is that we're kind of going into this curve where we're turning into um, an industry that's going to start taking care of the cooks more and that's why we're implementing the 20% auto gratuity and you know things such as that and like shortening work weeks I mean they they cover it in this article right and they're saying that to to be in the industry and make a working like make a living wage you have to raise the price of food. Yeah, it has I mean to be it's more all, expensive. all necessary. And for so long in the industry, uh, cooks were like the hidden secret. You know, in the back of the house, you never saw them. All you saw was the people with the nice vest, the white shirt mm-hmm. that bring you out your food. It was like magic. <laughs> you have fucking pointed something on the menu, and out comes this fucking dish, nice, hot, and warm, and all these flavors hit your mouth, and you're drinking your wine with it. But now the chefs are at the forefront. You yep. got all these TV shows, you got all the cooking shows, and then the servers are the fucking. In- oh, sorry, uh, no, front no, of the no, house. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to show. Not going to get but, there. You know, they're the ones. Oh. You know, they, <laughs> but, let's not go down that road. <laughs> I got a bunch of stuff. I know, but when you but when you ask when you ask a server about something on the menu and they go, "Oh, let me go check on that one second. And you watch them walk to the window and ask somebody on the line, and then walk back to your table and tell you something. Like that's your job to know that menu. Exactly. You're not. They don't pay you to cook it, 
but they pay you to know what's in there, how it's prepared, right? And how it tastes probably, So too. now the cooks are out of the back. You know, they're in open kitchens now, and you mm-hmm. see how hard they bust their ass. So why should people who walk the food from the window to your table get paid more than the people busting their ass in sweat? Because that's not how the 20% on a gratuity even works. Well, I mean, it's always been like that. The tip, you know, I think... Being in the service industry, the, uh, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into when you start cooking. You know you're not going to get paid much. You know you're going to work harder than just about everybody. Um, but it's starting to become a big thing where it's not sustainable. You don't see, I can think even in the article, it's expressed that, you know, how many of your cooks do you see that are 32, yeah. 33, 34? Good point. Um, then they're the two chefs, chefs and chefs. chefs yeah. Because you burn out before that because you can't handle the grind um, after that. Um, but do you, you do see front of the house staff in there you know all through all walks of life 60s pregnant why (laughs) (laughs) um and you know it's not saying it's like they make good money because you know that's what the job gives you uh Am I going to say that's wrong? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're so we're going to have somebody on the show. We've talked about this extensively on mic and yeah. off mic about our friends that have hopped from back of the house to front of the house. Yeah. And they are extremely happier. They have a lot more free time. Mm-hmm. They're less stressed. And they make more money. I mean, who doesn't want to fucking jump oh. ship? And that's totally fair. But it's also like, you know. Where's the creativity? It, no, it's, no, it's not that. It's like something has to change from the structure, which I think is why I'm kind of, I'm pro- service charge if it mm-hmm. helps redistribute the wealth a little bit because it's not fair that you have one side of the kitchen or the restaurant that's in so much of a different situation working twice as much not making enough money to really uh you hear Support about them, i though. hear i've heard stories of a lot of people i work with in the front who they'll work a summer and then go take three months off to go traveling that has never happened in my entire life and they get to come <laughs> back and get their job back yeah exactly i could never do that um and i understood that it wasn't it's not like um i'm like Bitching about it, I am, but <laughs> well, I mean, that's well, that's not true anymore because you, I mean, you don't have the money to just take off for three months, yeah, exactly. exactly. You didn't save up the money to leave three months, and, and you can't pay your bills for those three months, but you can damn sure go to any city nowadays and walk in there and get a, a, a sous chef position or a lead line yeah. cook position because every place is hiring, yeah. There's not one place I think I know of in this city well, that does not need help, exactly. And that's what the article is saying is like 40%, uh, 47% of the job vacancy. Um, is by chefs and they're hard to fill because there is a lack of skilled applicants, you know? So you can go just about... Well, people, what the fuck would you do, man? You walk into a job, right? <laughs> you think you want to be a cook, you know? Even people that pay for culinary school, they get in there and they're like, man, I'm about to be in here chefing it up, son. They walk in and they're like, motherfucker, get your ass to the back. Go make some salads. And they're like, this is nothing like television. Exactly. And then it takes you for, and it's nothing like you think. Like watching TV, going to culinary school, it's nothing. And then they tell, and then on top of that, your chef berates you and says, everything you learned in culinary school was shit. And now I need to unteach you what you learned. And then they're going to tell you it's going to take three to five years for you to get a chef position. So they're automatically like, this is fucked up. I chose the wrong career path. And then they, <laughs> you know, they I mean, I out. say that every day, but I still go out there and I grind because I love uh, what I do. You know, there's a certain level amount when you uh, you, you become a, a try to cook for a living. You, you know, the intangibles you're going to get from it. You're not going to get, you know, a well-paying job. You're gonna work a lot, but you're all. But you're gonna. But you do it because you get other things from it. Like yeah, yeah. we were talking about getting hooked up in the industry with food. You get to go out and you get to meet people, and they're gonna take care of you. you get yeah. to eat a you little get to bit be in better. A network, yeah. Um. That's so fam. But still, it's like it takes kind of a special breed of person to really do this. Um, and last. Yeah. You, know, you look sure. at. <laughs> you look at like Marco Pierre White, you know, and he was talking about. 
was watching this thing, and he's just the most ridiculous character. Uh, he was talking about how, you know, cooking isn't like how it used to be because people would just come in and they would want to work for you. They'd be like, he'd be like, the man sits behind the stove with his boys. <laughs> <laughs> and he teaches him everything he knows. And I, like it's not as romantic as it is because now everyone's like, "Well, fuck that!" Like, yeah, it's like I can, be, yeah, I can do whatever I want. Well, I mean, staging. I mean, <laughs> over in Europe, uh, across the pond, you know, staging is still a big deal over there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I wish it was more of a big deal over here. But the here. thing about it is, is they almost pay you to stage over there. They they Reuben board, mm -hmm. free food, and they give you a little bit like a per diem. To yeah. go out and spend, but on you have to do like a six to eight month. Yeah, stage. It's, yeah. And we were talking about last week. Now, have you heard about them making people sign contracts now for chefs? What do you mean? So, like, so there's a shortage of chefs in town, right? In Seattle, this is a new trend. I just heard about probably about three months ago, and I just, it's just started coming out. Like, you heard so and so's working at this place, um, and uh, they made them sign a contract. So, there's a shortage of chefs, and so what's happening is chefs are coming to a place, and they you know, spend all this time changing menus and stuff, and then they go ahead and leave. So what owners are doing now is they're making chefs sign a year contract. <laughs> so you have to work at the restaurant for a year or else, you know. What are these, like, high-profile places? <clears throat> no. Because it's like, if you're going to go have me go Applebee's, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I, I will not sign that contract. I don't know what you're trying to do, but... Uh, like that, no, that's I mean, just Quinn's. I think Quinn's is one of the places that did it. Staples, Scott Staples is doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So I mean, some some of the restaurants here. I haven't. I'm, they're not too many. It's just a couple. I've been hearing it around, and I think that's a it's a good idea. I don't know. I mean, I don't know because it kind of makes people feel like they're locked in. Like, what if you go in and you don't vibe with the people and you don't vibe with the food? Motherfucker, well, this ain't the military. They ain't keep you for four years. It's a, I mean, six month, one month, uh, six month or a year contract. That's but, not too bad. But still, it's like. What do you? Why do you need to make you sign a contract? Like, is there other issues? Like, you can't hold on to people. Yeah. And why? No place can hold on to people. Well, yeah, but I mean, but but why can't you hold on to people? Like, what can you to do the to the point where it? you have to make them sign a contract? So, yeah, exactly. To to make them stay. I mean, that's if that, it's working for him, and it's like if people are signing, it, he has good chefs, and that's fine. That, that's I always read is. the fine print. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <print. laughs> Got to be in the walk-in every day at three in the morning. <laughs> See what happens. Inventory on New Year's Day. <laughs> that no, <laughs> not going there. I mean, look, we got so I I, I work at a, a different kind of place, right? And I get holidays off. You know, I work. We got, up, no, we get holidays. I work a four day work. We, you guys, all three of you in this room, work New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah, right. We were closed New Year's Eve. What? You know, we're closed yeah, Christmas Eve yeah, and whatever. Christmas Day. It don't matter. We make it's funny because I work at a sandwich shop, but a lot of my my restaurant makes more money than half the fucking restaurants in the city, <laughs> and we're slanging dope sandwiches, aka the crack pot. <laughs> the crack pot. <laughs> oh, this is um, ridiculous. So yeah, so I mean, it sucks. You don't get holidays off. You don't get nights off. You don't get weekends off. Um, and you're working uh, forty uh, in between forty and eighty hours a week, but you're only getting paid for forty. It's bullshit. Well, it all depends on who your chef is and who your owner is and how they yeah. treat their employees. You know. Well, you know, people are making. Obviously, we're seeing people making uh, changes to try to revamp the way the kitchen and the, the restaurant culture is working. You know, you see the service charge is a, a really interesting way to redistribute the wealth. And a lot of people aren't feeling it because they, they're not making as much as money. But I'm also, I don't think that, I think it's just kind of inhumane. You know, it's like, okay, you're going to do half the amount of work and then just know that you're kind of riding the coattails of someone not making that much money. And 
it's not about complaining. It's just about trying to fix a situation that's becoming more prominent. You know, as people were speaking out about it, like David Chang was talking about, like food needs to get more expensive because we're losing talent. And um, if it's all about teamwork, it's obviously you know it's like no one's working together because it's like you don't want to pony up the dough. I think that I, I think that it is the young the, the young industry leaders, um, the young chef owners that are definitely going to have to, and they are they're speaking up, but they're definitely the ones that are going to have to speak up to have policies change. Well, they know it's not industry. sustainable. Like it's you can't keep doing this uh, with the prices of even housing going up. You know, it's like it's. Should we raise we, we, we raised our prices again to, to on the New Year's. So this is twice in the past month we raised our own. We just um, I've talked to my owners about. Oh, it. raise the prices on your menu. Yeah, we had to do it. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's they pay us really well at my work. And that's good. And yeah. you make tips, so oh, well, we got to move on a little bit. Uh, what grill? How long, say, Mister? Yeah, I already sliced it. I think I, I think I need to re. It cook, should be though. in the window by now, John. Nah. Well, I mean, I burnt my veggies. <laughs> <laughs> You put them on the grill. Who the yeah. fuck burns veggies, man? I, f- I was looking the other way. There was this, you know, you know what I'm saying. That dude on top. I was like, there was an extra plate at the end of the at the end of the counter. You know what I mean? You remember you buy extra plate? You know, it's the it's the cake party. You know what I'm saying? The cake party. Cake. I was too busy having a safety meeting. All right, Johnny. What's up? What's up next? Well, what we got up next is um. What the hell? I missed it on my on my notes. Where did, oh, it's the speaking out by Daniel Patterson. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good article. What I are we, spe- what are we the, speaking out about? Uh, we're speaking out about depression in the kitchen. That's a taboo word in the kitchen. Yeah, right. And this all comes from the sustainability of a chef, right? Uh-huh. Um, hold on a second. So, uh, so when we were trying to figure out how to do that other article, uh, talk about that other article, Rick sent me this article instead. First, and I was like, "Oh, this article's dope!" Like, blah blah blah. We should talk about this one. Um, and it's kind of like uh, Daniel Patterson talking to a friend of his um, about depression. This is from MadFeed.co. MadFeed. Uh, Daniel Patterson wrote this, uh, and it's uh, it's about about dealing with how how people deal with depression in the kitchen. Because and oh, and I wanted to say that I posted this on the on the website or on the Facebook page. So if you guys want to check it out and read it before the show comes out, or I mean, while the show's out, yeah, exactly, <laughs> you can know about it. And I'll also post the other one, but this will be out before then. Anyway, so yeah, Daniel Patterson, uh, he starts the article by or the blog or whatever by saying, I mean, how many chefs do you think are like depressed anyway? Like ninety five percent. 98.9. Yeah, I would say a lot of us. I would say that, I mean, I just literally got out of a depressive state Are that you? I was in. I mean, you all, every, I think everybody in this journey deals with it. Yeah. Have you ever been depressed in the kitchen, Keith Boogie? There was a point <laughs> in uh, this one place I worked that Robbie knows that we're not going to mention. <laughs> where I was just sick of the ownership. Yeah. Dude, it was just not fun to work for. That's always the worst. When the owner sucks, then you're just like, uh. I know, but the it's not even the fact of the matter of the owner sucking. It's that the owner Isn't sucks taking- and then tries to tell you you're doing a terrible job. Exactly. And it's like, it's a no, I'm like, give take situation. Yeah, like you know? I feel like I'm doing the best that I fucking can and you fucking suck. We'll just call him one way Joe because they only <laughs> go on the one way streets. You know, it's a two way street. So, I mean, there's all sorts, <laughs> there's all sorts of different things that factor into depression yeah. um, and mental health issues in the kitchen. Um, there's the fact of the matter you're dealing that you're, you're not good enough, right? Yeah. You don't have the skills. Somebody else is better. Somebody else gets 
past, you know, gets the job ahead of you. Um, you know, it, it, it's politics. Kitchen or somebody, politics. Or somebody gets a raise that exactly. doesn't work as hard as you. That's right. You've it, been holding them up. It's kitchen politics. It's kitchen man. politics. It's how you talk to people. And what he discusses in this article is, you know, about he he had spoke with a friend one night at a bar one a bar, night yeah. and talked to him about it, and he, he was like, "No, everybody deals with this." Well, the actually the interesting part is that he's like. He says that he wanted to go to the doctor and he was prescribed um, drugs. Um, they first prescribed him Prozac, which wasn't his style because it's all slow um, and sluggish and like, you know, decreased sex drive, it says in the art- in the article. But he said they gave him a uh, Turbutol or something like that. Yeah, they gave him uh, Turbutol. I don't know. It's a drug that is it's basically like speed. Um, and Hell yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm definitely taking that shit. And so, uh, you know, he talks to his friend about taking these drugs. And the dude says that he's been doing it for about 15 years. He's been taking antidepressants or mood changers, as I like to call them. Um, and he but the, he says that he couples it with talking to a therapist. Yeah. Um, and, and it works for once, him. Yeah. Once a week, every week. And uh but that you have to talk to a therapist. You can't just take the drugs. Yeah, no, it's 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 a combination of yeah. both because uh, when you're taking the drugs, I mean, I've been on fucking medication since I was like on and off of medication since I was probably about eight years old. Mm-hmm. And the fucking medication sucks. Um, and I've realized that, you know, I don't need the drugs, but I definitely should talk to a therapist. Yeah. And I hop on and off of a therapist, I, I think every other year. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a therapist for a little bit last year um, when I was working, you know, at... On on my phone right now, I have a reminder every day. It's like, call therapist. Call therapist. Call therapist. Yeah. It's so hard to find a therapist that works for you, and it's also... A lot of people are embarrassed about talking to well, somebody. Well, I feel like I went to a couple, I've been to a couple therapists in my life and I, and I feel like the one that I went to most recently was trying a new approach, which worked for the time being if you were to continue to go to them, but I had to stop because of my scheduling. Um, and it didn't Stantive. seem like, yeah, well, yeah, I, but I was covered on my insurance at the time cause I had insurance with my, um, with my job and, uh, it just seemed like after I was done with it, that it necessarily wasn't very helpful anymore because they weren't really working out the problems that were creating the problems that I'm figuring that I'm dealing with now, you know, because every problem you're dealing with now comes from something else that you've dealt with. It's some form of PTSD. Cause and reaction. Yeah. And so like, I kind of wanted to talk more about my past and like those sorts of things that make me the person I am today. And he wanted to focus more on the day to day and how we can fix that. And like that worked for the time and it got me through the situation. But now I, I found myself after losing that job, um, even more depressed because I kind of like lost that, that I I felt safe there, you know, and at, your had, job. at my job. And now I had to go venture out into a new kitchen and learn new things and be lower on the totem pole. Yeah, I mean, it. there's definitely we had talked about the family tree structure on was that last week's episode? Yeah, last, yeah, week's, last episode. week's episode. And it truly is like that. Yeah. I mean, you can go in there and talk to people about what's going on in your life. But if you talk to your homie Rick, right, and you entrust in him some shit that's Walters. So, you know, but I'm saying some shit that's in your head, you know, sometimes if those head chefs or somebody up a high hears that about you that you're unstable, they're gonna want to fire you. They they can't rely on you. Yeah. This mm. dude's this dude mentally is not in the game. He doesn't come to work. But if they're a good chef and they're a good friend or they know or they've been they've probably been through it themselves and they know that they probably need to. It's hypocritical. Yeah. yeah. It's a little all, hypocritical. all chefs are a little depressed. You know, that's basically what Darl's article saying is yeah. more than likely or not that you are depressed in the kitchen. 
Um, different reasons arise. Um, it's interesting to what you think about it because I, I don't find that I know that every chef I've worked for, I can see right through them. As far as if they, you know what, if they were to try to pull that your unstable car, I'd be like, take hey, something. You know, you you know because motherfucker, I saw you out drinking till two thirty in the morning the other night. You yeah. didn't know I was in that neighborhood, you, did you? You took a poo poo in a urinal, dude. <laughs> yeah, but let's be let's be honest about it though. Half the reason people get into this is because they need something that includes intense amounts of stress under really short time periods where they can yell and scream and say shit that they can't say outside of a kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like but there's, there's already something wrong with most of us. They're slow, <laughs> but they're slowly taking that away from us. Yeah. By putting us in the front. By putting us in the front. No. But I mean, that's something that you have to give up to, to swap out for the pay. Mm-hmm. So this is becoming, it's not really a blue collar job. Well, anymore. that's what, but that's kind of the thing that you need to, that, that servers also need to understand is with the service charge and whatnot and distributing the, the work and the money is that when you have these open counters where the cooks are able to talk to the customers, we ain't paid to talk to those motherfuckers. We're not paid to talk to them and we're not paid to clear their pay- plates and all that stuff. But we do it anyway because it's the hospitality industry. Yeah. And that's what you do is it's the polite thing to it's do. It's teamwork. It's teamwork. That's right. You know, it's like we don't have to fill up water our water glasses and things like that. We're supposed to cook food and make sure that you can serve it. But we, we go above and beyond. Um, and I think that's kind of unfair, especially if there's a situation. And I'm not going to say that I'm hating on servers because I love my servers and they work hard and they do a lot of I good work. I love good servers. But it sucks when you when you when I've worked at other places and I see the servers and they don't even and they don't know the menu. And it's like we're going way above our beyond. And you're not even trying like you. You're calling not this, even trying. Yeah, you're calling this a job like, you know, a my critique. side job, you know, it's like <laughs> insult to injury. At yeah, that point exactly. You are working a lot more. You're making less. And the people who make more can't even show up to do the things that are the bare minimum make well, that, the job worth it you know the guests are going to suffer and that directly affects your mental health right there oh hell yeah it makes you it makes you pissed well yeah. yeah and it's like how many times do you go on Yelp and you see and it affects the rating of your restaurant too because people get upset if there if there's a if there's a break between the the quality of service you know so that all factors in yeah it all factors in so that's why every time someone sits at the counter i give them the fucking best service they've ever had in their life would you say that like maybe working in the front is kind of a a pit stop onto other things you know it's easy money it's an easy job i mean but some people make a career out of it i know there are career servers and you generally they're pretty damn good yeah that's true and they're they're the badasses and they become psalms and they care they care about you know working in a restaurant they like the industry it's a bigger picture it's like I care a lot because I want to make sure the guest gets the best experience possible. Well, my theory has always been that I think that uh, people in the front of the house should work in the Back of the house, yeah. The back the house the kitchen the front I think they do that with Josh Henderson's restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the front, the back of the house goes out front too, right? Um, I think. Um they make the front of the house prep a day in the kitchen. I mean, a week, one day a week. I've I always, feel like I've heard that. Um, but I th- if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I think. <laughs> but I, but, I mean, but that, really that goes hand in hand with uh, day crew and night crew too. Mm-hmm. When you know you hear about day crew always bitching about night crew and night crew always bitching about day crew, and it's like you're not here. You don't know what the fuck we do. You got to deal with it. So I've always been under the assumption that you know you should switch and see what it's like. It's always good to see. You know? Or I mean, for a lot of us, we've already worked in a lot of those fields because we've been com- raised in the in the industry. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I try, I try never to disrespect. I try not to fuck with the front of the house. I know their job is hard dealing with yeah, the customers. They, you know, they can't. We, they're, the fa- <laughs> they're the face, though. They're the yeah. face. You get some honoring motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So, but that's the point is, like, you guys are the face of the restaurant. Yeah, that's. But, and, and the thing about it is, is, like, they can't. We can sit in the kitchen and yell at screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. They can't. Well, we have open kitchens everywhere in Seattle. I've only yeah. worked in one closed kitchen. Yeah, and that working was, in closed kitchen. I mean, I'm an open time. kitchen too, but it's also I don't know. You got to be more professional than that, you know. At some point, sometimes you can joke around with people around, but at the same time, you have to try and maintain a, a some form of professionality. You know, just be like Eric Repair, because it's end out. Well, I mean, I I guess that's that's the point of this article, uh, well, this letter that he wrote um, on Madfeed.co, is that you know you need to talk about it. You know, you need yeah. to speak to your coworkers about it because generally, uh, most of the time, they're, they're dealing with they're it dealing too. With it too. And uh, for a long time, it was you know, uh, depression in the kitchen wasn't an ugly word um, because it was seen as a weakness. Yeah. Uh, but it comes with the territory. Yeah, and, and I think it's bullshit to think that it's weak to be. You know, it it happens to everybody, and you have to understand that it's it makes you a stronger person to be able to to talk be able to admit it. yeah to admit that you have something and seek going help. On. Yeah, you know, and it doesn't have to be anybody at work if you don't want it to be. It can be anybody you want it to be. It just you just have to talk about it. Yeah, like one of the, the things that really hit home for me in this article is uh, he was talking about he goes cooking obsessively to the exclusion of anything else was a way to hide. When I started cooking, kitchens were environments that accepted and to some degree encouraged aberrant behavior. Temper tantrums and compulsive work habits were seen to a positive sign of professional dedication. Um, then he was talking about, you know, he was just trying to hide from the, you know, all that depression. So he just kept like throwing himself in there and there's yeah. alcohol involved and it exactly. just kind of Drugs. spirals out of control because it's unhealthy to be so dedicated to something. Well, and you start building up the tolerances to the, you know, to all mm. the shit that you're doing. So, <laughs> I mean, working hey. in the, working, <laughs> working in a kitchen is already hard work, but yeah. when you don't have a life outside, no other way to blow steam and that's all you do is hang out in the industry. It's a terrible cocktail. Yeah. To mix, you know, with mental illness. Um, so that's what people do is they're just delir- they're in a kitchen, a hot, sweaty kitchen on their feet all day. Yeah. And then you're totally, totally, totally exhausted. And then it's all that you gorge on food and consume mass amounts of alcohol and or drugs. And then that's a, just a, a fucking repetitive cycle that happens for years. Not and, sustainable. And you nice. can see it on a fucking a, a cook's face. You know what I'm saying? You can see it on, on, and that's why people get out of it. That's why you don't have, you know, 35, uh, 36, 37-year-old cooks. You know know what I'm saying? They get out of the industry. They can't do it. You know what I'm saying? But But fortunately, those cooks, they're not looking good. (laughs) No, no, and you don't want them in an open kitchen. And it's crazy. They're haggard as fuck. Well, it's like, so. I.E., look at me. Well, it's like, I I go to the gym. (laughs) I try to go to the gym, but I haven't gone to the gym in a really long time. And every time I go into the kitchen and I tell people that I go to the gym, they're like, why would you even do that? Like, why? And it's like, because if you're not going to take care of yourself, then how are you going to expect to be able to take care of, like, Everything else in your life, you're not going to be able to perform. Keith, are you still going to the the gym? Not as often as I should be. You know, and it's not always about getting big or ripped or like. Nah, you know, Keith was going. He was doing a uh, jujitsu. Oh, that's what's up. You know, it's just about I, doing. It's about doing something so else. I used to ask how his to day, I used stress. to ask how his day was at work in the kitchen. He'd be like. 
I'm going to the dojo. dojo. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I'm Uh, trying to replace, you know, every stressful moment with like maybe a trip downstairs to the gym that I have. And, you know, and it worked this morning. I was stressed out as fuck because I'm trying to quit smoking weed, too. And (laughs) (laughs) God damn, it's hard. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm. Yeah, it's it's I definitely think you have you have to have some kind of creative or physical outlet outside of work besides sitting at a bar and and maybe watch some anime. Well, I mean, that's part of the reason I do this show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it exactly. really, really fucking helps. I've said this multiple times on the show. The way that we got the idea for the show was that we work in an industry, and every time everybody in the fucking neighborhood, all the restaurants get off work at the same time, right? You ask each other, you know, how was your shift? What happened at your restaurant at night? Did you get your fucking ass whooped? Who got yelled at? Did somebody get smacked with a pan? And then you just start talking about food while you get fucking drunk and or stoned, whatever the fuck you may do. And I just was like, this is not what the fuck I want to do when I get off work. I want to go somewhere nice and zen and relax and chill and decompress. And a lot of people use alcohol and weed um, and vent about work to other cooks because they're the only ones that understand, understand because, you know, they understand the high stress level of it. So you know I try to use my home you know I just try to go straight to my house sit down decompress it's also anime. getting off in the evening you know what are you gonna do Isn't, yeah I'm gonna go home and drink a glass of milk out of my head <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Who the I fuck mean, drinks milk out of a hydro flask? My little sister, I guess. <laughs> What's her name? Tallulah. Tallulah, Tallulah Del Reyes. You root, throw that hydro flask away. Yeah. So if my stepmom. That, it's gonna be so yeah, well, my stepmom found it, and she 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 told me at dinner the other night. She's like, we had to talk with Tallulah and told her about personal space, <laughs> and that she's gonna have to keep her stuff in her own space now because of that. Because she opened up the hydro flask, and the milk was no good. Oh, I believe it. That's. <laughs> I was like, maybe if the milk was like super cold to begin with, it would have like lasted a little longer. But nah, like nah. So she she was like, do I wash it out with bleach? And I was like, nah. you gotta have to soak that. Yeah. That's just gonna be a really bad smell. Yeah, right. Oh. Alright, do you want to wrap up this episode? Yeah, let's wrap. That's a good way to stop. Yeah, uh, let's just shout out to the to the listeners that um, if you do have a problem, it's always good to seek help and find your local. You know, anybody that's gonna. It's not a you know it's not a weakness. It's actually a good thing to let your vent. Yeah, it happens to everybody. Yeah, it does. And it's like even if you do smoke weed or like drink alcohol or do all those I, stuff. Man, I mean, I don't know because I've, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this because we've all looked crazy at each other in the kitchen when somebody asked for some time off from work, right? Yeah. And then you ask why? Why are they time off? And the chef always goes, he needs some personal time. We know we we know what happened. It's either a drug and or alcohol problem or it's depression. They've yeah. blown a fucking gasket, a, yeah. and you watch it. You can watch it in their face. <laughs> you can see them slowly just explode. It just dying <laughs> inside, like their eyes get fire coming out of it. And it's nothing. One particular incident. It's just they're so fed up right? with, and it's not a failure on themselves. No, it's you not, know? and that's what a lot of people need it's to understand. Just, it's just like banging your head against a brick wall that is covered in razor blades <laughs> and alcohol, and I mean, it's just, it, and you just, you know, they're gonna snap, and you're just waiting, and it can be the chef too. Yeah. We've watched chefs fucking flip out, yeah. walk out, just lose it. I've seen three meltdowns. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just gotta sit back and watch, yeah. dude. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely had have had a meltdown. <laughs> I mean, I haven't had a meltdown yet. Everyone keeps telling me I'm new. Man, I, I've snapped and I've thought and I've had to step away and just take him. And it's okay. It's okay to step offline and tell somebody you need a week off. If your fucking chef doesn't understand that, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to work for him. 
So if he doesn't understand, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Because the true chef would would respect you as a person and know that. You know, that's the new school, baby. That's the new school. That's the new school. Love your, love thy, love thy brethren. <laughs> I well, do, I do love all my brothers. Keep in it industry. sustainable. You know? Yeah, you keep it sustainable. Take yeah. care of your, take care of your people, and they're gonna take care of you. All right, that's gonna bring us to the end of episode fifty-five of Grohl on Saint Mister. We're gonna go back real quick with the IOW. Yeah. Uh, since the beginning of our uh, show was brought to you by Damigos. Uh, Raindrop. Drop top. <laughs> That's uh, that. Me and Johnny were on that Migos for years and years and years and years, and I'm still on that Migos. He's moved on over to fucking. Go ahead, tell the podcast. No, I haven't moved to. over to anybody. I've just no, incorporated. Just, I mean, you're proud of it, right? Tell them who you've been listening to. All right. Well, you just got to listen to that day to day by Designer. That that beat goes hard. <laughs> he is like he is the spokesperson for Down syndrome rappers. <laughs> no, don't say that. I mean, shout out, dude! I represent Special Olympics all day. You know, oh you got God. the sweatshirt on right now, Robbie. That's polar. Probably, polar plunge. Do now donate money to the Polar Plunge. Uh, the Vikings, my homeboy Eric, he does it every year. Takes the Polar Plunge, raises hell of money for the Special Olympics, and that's what's uh, up. But they got their own rapper, designer. Check them out. Uh, we're to the <laughs> ingredient of the week. Uh, we're doing that crockpot. <laughs> crockpot. Crockpot. Crockpot cooking. Who's gonna go dirty? <laughs> Uh, well, that Rick, Rick's here for Rick Dirty's going. Rick Dirty's going. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking at recipes and just fitting out. You know, this is so playing. fitting. This is like my mom cooks dirty, and I love it. It's the kind of food I make for lunch at uh, at work. You know, I make the dirtiest food I can possibly make. And this works. one, I saw this, and I was just kind of like, ooh. I might uh, have to try this one. <laughs> uh, so it's a crock pot, kielbasa, and red cabbage and apples. Um, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's it's a little, you know, that German, that kind of German going on. And I, I, I mess with that. So, you know, you just take a, one large yellow onion and slice that thin. Take a pound of kielbasa from one of your local stores and cut it into one-inch segments. Take uh, one red cabbage and shred that up, as well as uh, some of your favorite apples. I particularly like the Fiji apple. Um, and peel those and cut them into wedges. Take the core out, particularly before. Um, three pounds or three tablespoons. <laughs> three pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, three tablespoons of butter with a cu- quarter cup of cider vinegar. Don't forget the ketchup, light brown sugar, garlic, and salt and pepper, and just drop that all into the pot and let it go. Cook that for four hours on slow, and then you'll be having something a little tasty. Um, probably like, like a one o'clock thing for me. Like, that's like <laughs> that's like I'm gonna go out to the bar and get drunk and be like, ooh, kibasa. <laughs> God, I had that at home. And apples, and it's gonna get dirty. You're gonna yeah. feel it. It's gonna be a. That's what I do. I, I've been doing the dirty ramen at home <laughs> after work. All right, Rob, you want to go next? Yeah, sure, I can go uh, real quick. Uh, so you just want uh, like a small pork butt, uh, one whole onion, a two liter of Dr. Pepper, oh. a bunch of uh, cilantro. Um, I'd say get like a heavy cast iron pan, dice up your onion, uh, take your pork butt, throw some olive oil in there, and sear your pork butt on all sides. Uh, hit those onions in there really, really quick. High heat. Uh, pull it off there. Rough chop your cilantro. Throw it in the crock pot on low. Cover it about halfway up, uh, three quarters of the way up maybe, uh, with Dr. Pepper. Um, I don't know. You can throw any kind of spices you want in there. But then throw the cilantro in. And then set it on low. Let it cook for like eight hours. Come back. Pull your pork out. Shred it. I don't know. You can reduce down Dr. Pepper. I don't fucking. Yeah. Sounds good to me. That sounds bad. Yeah. I love Dr. Pepper. It's good. I like cooking with it. Cook with Kool Aid? (laughs) (laughs) Is it poison water? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, there's probably just as much sugar in Kool Aid as Dr. Pepper. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. One chef taught me he was like, he only only cooks his corned beef in Coca Cola. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, And I was like, and so that's how I do it. 
From, I mean, it's good. It's delicious. Yeah, I'm sure it's delicious. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really. I think there's like 20 more flavors. In Aaron Martin. I got that, that recipe right there. That's Aaron Martin, uh, the homegirl. She she taught me that cooking pork with Dr. Pepper. It's delicious. Well, uh, I'm going to go kind of dirty because I saw these and I was like, oh, I want those. And I hate ranch. Ooh. But slow cooker cheesy bacon ranch potatoes. <laughs> dirty chef. <laughs> Dirty. That's the new hashtag, just so y'all know, is that hashtag Dirty Chef. Hash, look for that hashtag. Yeah, look for that hashtag. That hashtag will be on uh, our SoundCloud page. Yes, it will. Dirty Chef. Dirty Chef. So what you're going to want is six slices of bacon. I'm going to say fuck that. We're going to go 12 slices of bacon. <laughs> you crazy, man. You need to go see a therapist, Double up, bro. <laughs> Double up love. So yeah, six or uh, 12 slices of bacon, three pounds of red potatoes. Chop those up. Um, one and a half cups of shredded cheddar cheese. Let's bump that up to about a... To about a Let's say a cup and three quarters. Just it's make about it cheesy. to be the greasiest. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's about <laughs> to get dirty. Um, you gotta feel it. <laughs> so we go. So and uh, one table of uh, ranch seasoning and salad dressing. A, a whole table. One tablespoon. <laughs> We're gonna keep it limited. A table. Whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> of, no, it's just ranch mix. You know that hidden ranch oh, valley. Oh, the packet. Yeah, damn, mm. real dirty. Yeah, you that know seasoning. Yeah, exactly. That it, buttermilk powder <laughs> in there, or whatever. <laughs> you ever been to Hidden Valley before? No. The neighborhood looks dope. Oh, I've seen a lot of commercials. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good. So basically, what you're gonna do is you're gonna preheat your oven to 400 degrees. Um, line the sheet with aluminum foil. Um, spread bacon in a single layer onto a prepared baking sheet. Place it into the oven and bake until brown and crispy. About 12 to 14 minutes. Let it cool before uh, crumbling. So you just set that aside after you're done with that. Line a slow cooker with aluminum foil, leaving enough to overhang to wrap the potatoes on top. And coat with nonstick spray. A little bit of that Pam. Unfortunately, she's not here right now. Pan. Pan. <laughs> Pan? With two M's? Yeah. <laughs> M N. <laughs> Shit. Oh, man. So place a layer of potatoes evenly in the slow cooker. Top with cheese, ranch seasoning, and bacon. Uh, repeating two more times and reserving half a cup of cheese. Um, cover potatoes with aluminum foil uh, and cook for about seven to eight hours on high heat. Um, or or no, seven or eight hours for low heat. Low heat. And high heat for four or three to four hours. Dude, or until the potatoes are tinned. Do that low heat. Yeah, do it low. That ranch is gonna penetrate. <laughs> <laughs> that ranch will penetrate that potato. Alright, keep 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 this is Keith's first I first IOW. What you got, Keith? Shout out to my Hawaii fam, Kalua Pork. This is the crock pot dirty version. I had Two this pounds for of pork, but Half a head of cabbage, a little bit of liquid smoke, a little bit of salt, a little bit of garlic. If you want to get fancy, you can throw some spam in there. That liquid Ooh. smoke, bro. And that's it, man. Don't Just think fool. that shit go for like eight hours. Fooling people for years. Right? Don't they usually just like dig a hole for a lot of their cooking? Like I had a Hawaiian friend. He goes, well, this is what you got to do first. First, you got to dig a hole. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. You got to get the, the best part of cooking is the shovel. <laughs> right. That's all he does. He goes, dig a hole. All right. Oh, I want to thank Rick for coming here. Thank you very, very much. Uh, no. Johnny. You know, high five, man. You're my G. Woo. Love you. Keith, I'm happy you're here. Yeah, he's um, sticking in. Hit us up on uh, the social medias. Uh, it's going to be Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Johnny Toonami. Bobby Stills. 
Girl How Long Steak Mister on that Twitter. Oh, that's what you were talking about? <laughs> on that Twitter, it's at How Long Steak Mister. Uh, questions, comments. Uh, Email. You want a beef? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Eat please. some beef? Let me know. Uh, Girl How Long Steak Mister. That's Mr. MR at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, Johnny already told you Johnny Tsunami on Instagram. I'm Bobby Stills. Rick, you want to promote yourself? You got a food? Yeah, Rick Pettigrew, I'm hard at the table. See, Seth, we're moving into our new, uh, we have a new restaurant. Relocation. We're going to uh, in March, so look out for us. You know we're gonna make waves. Yeah, <laughs> nah, it's gonna like be real great. wavy. It's right. It's still in Wallingford too. So or Fremont, wherever that. It's in that weird <laughs> fuck, fucking triangle. Yeah, I can't true. even tell anymore. <laughs> uh, I want to thank the Soundcasting Network for hosting our show. I want to thank Studio Two One Two for letting us record here. And uh, yeah, we'll check you guys next next week. Next week, peace. Peace. Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.